The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to begin, or continue our series rather, on a life of gratitude. In this passage, uh, we're mainly going to look at just verse 28. And so I'm going to read just to set the context for the passage, and then we'll begin. And I have been constantly going over, um, and I know y'all say you need to get out on time. We have a practice today, excuse me, for a tremendous Christmas presentation and uh, so in honor of everyone's time, I'm still talking. So let's get to it. If you're in Hebrews chapter 12, say amen. If you would join me in standing for the inerrant reading of his inerrant, infallible word of the Almighty. See to it that you do not reject the one who speaks. For if they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, even less will we, if we turn away from him who warns us, From heaven. His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of the things that can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming, what's it say? Fire. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the joy of assembly. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would set a fire ablaze in our hearts. Not for us to only love those that are here, but to fall desperately in love with your call to love those who are not. And I pray, Lord, for baptisms. If I've said before, as many as the morning do, that your word would go out here from deed and word, and that the love of this church would be evident. I thank you for the way you favored her over the years. Lord, we all find dry times in our life, and those dry times point point toward unnecessary renewal, a revitalization and a restoration. And it's past time to ask the cost. But Lord, on our knees before your throne, beg you to move yet again. And it is in the name and by the blood and the power that exists under the authority of one name, Under heaven, among all of us, and that's the name by which we must be saved, that name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You be seated, friend. So what did you see here, just in verse 28, he's saying, Therefore, since we, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may serve God acceptably, I don't know why I add a V there. Acceptably, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So number one, I want you to see, if we have a reason to be thankful, 
And all of us go again through seasons, trials, misfortunes, frustrations. We talked last week that that, that's our position. That's our condition in this fallen world. So I'll never be exempt from those things. My gratitude cannot relate to the things that can be shaken. Right, so there's a lot of things in our lives that, that he says he's going to shake. Remember it says in script, at the end days, he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. So there's going to be a shaking on the threshing floor. That he's going to purify us with fire. And so there's going to be a judgment. And so in my, the way I assess, the way I relate, the way I convey the foundation of my gratitude, because we always say, oh, God has blessed me so much. But when we say God has blessed me so much, what is it that enters your mind? For me, honestly, it's we have a, a home that we enjoy. We have children that are healthy. Jeanette's healthy. We have a beautiful life and God's given us things to enjoy. Things. But it's those things that will be shaken. And so when I say God has blessed me so much, what I'm normally referencing is those possessions that are going to be shaken. Rather than, Lord, and folks, just to say, I am grateful because I serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, and Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, then I have nothing to ever be concerned about, and I have no reason to even wonder for one second if this soul's splitting hell wide open, because it ain't going to happen. So if you ask me if I'm grateful, I should say... I'm a believer. Man, that's it. But instead, I've got a list. And as we get to Christmas, and I told the kids, I don't know what you want. I'm not there when they watch the ads for the cartoons and us and what's hip. What's always hip for me is an AR-15 or 12-gauge shotgun, if you want to know. That's all a man needs. And a good woman, right? Good woman, throw that on there, number three, all right? (laughs) Baby, just play. Ammunition number three, good woman four. Let's let's go ahead. (laughs) Baby, I'm playing. You know I'm kidding. I don't need no bullets for them guns. No, no. It's number three. Anyway, so I set the kids down, and I said, Hey, guys, Dad needs some help with his Christmas list. And so, you know, you just, just give me some ideas. Well, my little secretary daughter made me a photo album. And it's actually in a picture book. And she went through every magazine that was coming to the house. And I used to love to go through these magazines at Grandma's. Man, there's so many, much slobber on them pages. They just bending up and the colors were worn off by Christmas. But she brought this book to me, and it was more or less alphabetically organized color photos that she had gotten ready. And while I thought it was so sweet, I also processed how much time do we spend considering the possessions we have here 
rather than the blessings we have and the Creator we have waiting for our presence there. And so I've got to see first, and I encourage you to see, the greatest gift I have. And the one thing of you ask me, if I'm thankful, if I go to tell you, God has been so good to me, I'm not referencing, or should not be, as a spiritual man, referencing earthly blessings, but that my soul... And now the souls of all my children will not be shaken by the threats of separation from our Savior Jesus Christ. I am blessed, but it has nothing to do with a car or house or or toys or money. It's got to do with the person of Jesus Christ and who He is to our family. Oh, we value the gift, and we've all heard this, so much more than the one who gave. And do you realize you'll never be able to give God anything He did not give to you? Think about it. He's the giver. He's the creator. Well, I tithe. No, no, no. He gave you that money. No, He didn't. I went to an interview. Do you have a brain? Were you able to answer the questions in the interview? Were you able to make it to school? Were you able to walk, to talk in the interview? You see, it's His world. You just living in it. And the sooner we grasp that, the sooner it changes the value of what gratitude and the object or the person of gratitude. Yeah, I love Jesus, but... I don't love him because he gives me stuff. You know who we teach to do that? You know who's that this time of year for our kids? Santa. Anybody know? We got kids in here. I'm going to walk real delicately because my children ruined it for everyone. Do you know, apparently this guy, Santa, is what I'm told. Nobody knows him, but we let him in our house. Don't throw that. And he knows my kids so well, he's been creeping on their Facebook account, and they ain't got no Facebook account. We rest people for that nowadays. He's been peeping in my windows watching my kids, right? So let's process. We're teaching our kids to love and appreciate someone because of what they give. Hey, what would happen if your babies came down? And I don't even want to be this cruel, but it, from a, a psychological intrigue. If my kids ran in and I woke them up and I said, Guys, it's Christmas, it's Jesus' birthday. And little Anna took her picture book and thumbed through it and thought, Oh, what did I get? And then she ran in there and there was nothing. You think she'd have a little pouty face? Well, what if you loved Jesus and He never gave you anything other than your salvation? You'd live with a little pouty face, wouldn't you? Matter of fact, we all got wants and prayers that we offer up to His sovereignty. And He may or may not answer, and so we live with a pouty face. Number one, 
I've been given something from the Creator that is more valuable than anything in creation. And that's His love. That's His salvation. So I'm kind of in bonus land, and so are you. You know, it always amazes me when someone plays these game shows and, you know, they win $14.5 billion, taxable that is, and then they go to bonus round and they don't win and they're mad. You have something you wouldn't have had any other way. Why can't you find, why can't I find joy, pleasure, and contentment just the fact that he's my Lord. And not just, I didn't seek him. He sought me. You know, every morning I wake up next to a beautiful woman. And I thank the Lord so much. She pursued me so aggressively. <laughs> instead of an ugly woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That did not apply at all. It never happened, though it was recorded. Hebrews chapter 12 and 28. Let's keep going. That's the eternal gift. Therefore, the Creator spoke once before and we did not listen. He's gonna, He's gonna shake everything again. But it will not affect those things that cannot be shaken and those that cannot be shaken are those under the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have received the kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Thankful. Full of gratitude. Gratitude. A recognition that you have more than what you merit. So you can't be thankful for something that you earned. Think about that. Now, I can be proud of something that I earned, but thankful, I deserve it. Right? So, let's analyze our attitudes. We don't see what we have as God given it to us, or we would be thankful. We see everything we have as having us earned it on our own merit. Well, if you earn it, then it belongs to you, right? Okay, we all know if God, if God tarries, some, I don't want to be depressing, but I'm going to die. Um, hopefully I'm asleep, right? I mean, Lord, if I'm on, but then I get picky about how I'm going to die. You see how that just worked? I'm not grateful to be alive. I'm picky about how I'm going to die. And then we all know there's nothing, even if they stick in that little box with me, my AR and my shotgun, it's no good. So what I really have to be thankful for are the things worth more. Worth more than than life itself, but also realizing I didn't earn anything I was given. 
Right? He gave it all to me. He gave me the physical ability. He, he gave me the opportunity to love. He gave me marriage. He gave me children. So, the exact response to the eternal gift is thankfulness, which is also worship. John Piper, one of the leading theologians today, says it this way, and I think it's brilliantly accurate with Scripture. Not that I would even know. Missions exist because worship does not. Process that for a minute. We send a bunch of money to missions. Where the name of Jesus is lifted up, what does he promise to do? Draw all unto himself. What is worship? Lifting up that name of Jesus. So you see, missionaries exist because a church does not, God's people do not worship. A visitor comes into a church on fire. It leaves an impact. Visitor, a lost person comes in to a bunch of scowls. It has an eternal impact. You see, when the church learns to be thankful, and you may be looking at your spouse singing, I got a lot to learn. Everything is a gift. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, what he's bringing can't be taken from me. Let us be thankful. Number three, the exact way he says, the way I show my gratitude is that I may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. So in light of the gift... I'm supposed to serve. Now, I appreciate everyone that, that responded to the call of the committees. We will be discussing some committees that really don't exist anymore and should not. They don't do anything. Uh, I'm not trying to get rid of your committees. I'm trying to function according to your bylaws, and which was not happening, which is a legal issue. But here it's saying, I should be thankful and serve God acceptably. Now, do you realize that means you can serve God unacceptably? You process that? If I can serve Him, okay. I fold clothes and do the dishes, dish, dishes. It's like brushing your teeth, but it's like a plate instead of... Anyway, so I used to fold clothes a lot, and then I would do the dishes. Did you know there's a right way to do that? Apparently, I didn't, right? I mean, what do you, how do you fold underwear? No, you just throw it in the person's pile. You don't fold it. So... I would, you know, Jeanette was teaching or she'd be out doing something. I'd be like, 
bonus points, boys, right? I've taught you about the bonus point principle. Daddy going to do the dishes now. In the dishwasher, if it fits, it works. You just put a little extra soap. All right? And here's the thing. I shouldn't have to scratch the food off the dish because I gag. If the kids leave noodles and them cold noodles touch my hands, ah, and then I smell their food on my fingers later, no. So I just throw it in there with a little bit of food on it. And I'm thinking, what's the dishwasher for? If it's not going to get that off. Why am I paying the electric bill, the water bill, and the cost of the stupid thing unless it can't scrub a dish itself? Well, she would get home and apparently you fold underwear. I don't know. I mean, because when you, you fold them, mine are so small. <laughs> all right so i would fold them over and then you fold them over again and then you set something on top of them the whole pile's tipsy it's unstable it's bad engineering so i place them flat well she never got upset but she just asked me to let her fold the clothes being the man that I am, I said, well, baby, <laughs> figure that one out. Now the dishes, I can do them more, but I still can't scratch that stuff off in plates. But she'd come home, she goes, how's this stuff still on these plates? I'm like, I don't know, I put them in the dishwasher. What more? But what I found out is there's an acceptable way to serve. And there's also an unacceptable way to serve. And so for the Lord, he's telling me, son, if you want to serve, you need to do it with reverence and awe. Man, I remember seeing the Grand Canyon. That is a one thing a no picture will ever do any. If you've not seen it, get in your car this afternoon, head that way. Because you cannot embrace the reality of God's power without seeing that thing. And Jeanette liked to get right on the edge. You know how people get out there and take their pictures? Yes, sweetie. I was like 50 foot away. I could see the bottom and that far side. And then Jeanette was like, hey, let me take a picture. No, she didn't. She was, she was back in here, but I was like, get away! Get away! You're going to fall off! All I could picture, and this, this is how, we've, how much fear we live in, was her falling. And then what was I going to do? Love you! I mean, there's nothing I could have done. Anyway, love, (laughs) be grateful because of the eternal gift.
He's told me if I'm going to be grateful that I'm going to, I'm going to live thankfully and I'm going to thank, th- be, live thankful. He tells me exactly what he wants me to do to be thankful and that's to serve him with reverence, respect, a, a recognition of who he is and, and where I am and related to that. And it says the effects of fire. For God is an all-consuming fire. Now that doesn't sound like much sometimes to be grateful for. But what it's telling is you can't fool Him. You can't say you're thankful and not live the way He's prescribed thankfulness. You know, again, I don't like going to the doctor. When I go, sometimes they give me antibiotics. Normally they're large. They're distasteful. But I take that thing home, and I'm like, man, I don't want to take this thing, but I feel so bad. I take it for a few days, and guess what? I normally get better. So if you realize you're ungrateful, if you realize you're You're not showing, displaying a lot of thankfulness in your life. He's given you the prescription. Don't go into thanksgiving pretending again. Don't serve without reverence and awe. Lord, I thank you for what you've given me. I I didn't earn any of it. I've been greedy in life, selfish, self-absorbed, impatient, at times unkind. How I wish my story were different, but it is the plight of every broken man. Lord, as we come to a time of close, I pray that, that we would this afternoon. Lord, as November is, you know, a month of thankfulness. That we would begin process, processing our position in you. And Lord, I need your help with humility. That I don't know the answer. You do. Lord, when things aren't right in life and I get frustrated and bitter, there's obviously a void of thankfulness, a void of gratitude. And Lord, you you gave me the prescription. If, If I'm finding myself ungrateful, then I need to go back, as we discussed last week, and consider my position, my condition. And then, Lord, you've told me to serve. And what happens when a man or a woman serves is they begin to understand the economy of the heavens. The economy of your desire and the sovereignty, the power, the beauty, the righteousness and the holiness of your person. And it changes our perspective. Lord, we can't be thankful without an understanding of who you are. And that you created us to serve you. You are not Santa for us to write letters and prayers every night. 
You are not Santa for us to usher in an urgent letter to the North Pole in the last minute. You are our creator and our sustainer. And you do watch and see everything. And your voice will one day soon shake everything that can be shaken. Lord, on that day we'll have to let go of everything but you. And so, Lord, I pray this week we will assess our lives and trust you as the owner of everything and assume a role of stewardship with generosity and gratitude. And it is in the name of the sovereign king, the one whose voice created, the one whose voice will destroy. It's in his name. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would, friend, stand and join me for a time of invitation. And you've never trusted Christ. Friend, you don't want to hear that voice yet. That voice is a voice you had better hope. Praying doesn't matter if you're not a believer. He, he can't hear that. So I tell you, don't waste your time praying, but you better hope that that voice is some time away. Because when you hear that trumpet, your time of coming to Christ with ease is over. After that's the tribulation, in which every Christian will be martyred. If you're a Christian, be grateful someone took you to church that you attended church and he called you if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ please come in the next few moments I don't believe in long invitations but the king of kings and lord of lords is dealing with you you better respond or you still don't understand who he is if you've been visiting here and you'd like to make this your church home I'd love to welcome you the church love to welcome you you've never followed in baptism, come, let me know. Let's get that scheduled. If you need to rededicate your life, the altar's open. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www dot b v b c h dot o r g thank you for listening and may god bless you